absolutely don't have freedom. And no all. matter how much wealth you generate, you're only garnering the perception of freedom. I want this podcast to be something where when people watch, they actually gain some sort of value that actually they could implement in their life and change the, their way of life for the better. Yeah. So with that being said, why is it that there's so many people that are just not successful? I mean, there's a host of different reasons as to why people aren't successful. It's usually because they don't have the right habits, they don't have the right actions, and they don't have the right goals. So I recently just had one-on-ones with my entire company, and we have over 40-plus employees now. And in doing so, I got to see what high performance looks like and what bottom-of-the-barrel performance looks like. And we're a completely rev share. So when I look at their income, and then I speak with them, and we speak on their goals, their activities, their actions, and the why behind them, there is a clear differentiating factor as to why those people are successful and why they aren't. Mm -hmm. The main thing is that the people who aren't successful don't have strong goals, or rather, they don't have clear goals. They say, I wanna make a lot of money. I wanna do X, Y, and Z. I want to you know, help people. Like that's great and that's fine to say that you wanna help people, but if you're in any type of business, and I, I had this conversation with one of my guys, where he was like, well, you know, I don't really have a, a strong why that's rooted in my ego. I, want, I just wanna help people. He's like, I wanna just help people. Yeah. And I was like, listen, man, cut the shit. If you really just wanted to help people, you would be over in some battlefield, you know, trying to do, you know, philanthropic work where you're just trying to help people and you're just trying to, you know, do like some sort of Charity humanitarian work. work, for instance. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, he kind of realized that the reasoning behind why he wanted to be successful, that he just wanted to help people was a fallacy. It wasn't true. It was simply his way of feeling good about making a lot of money. It was that, oh, okay, I want to be successful so I could help people in X, Y, and Z. And the reason why it came to that side of the conversation is because I brought up my own why. And my own why is rooted in my ego. So at the surface level, I was like, okay, I just want to help people make a lot of money because you know, that's what business is all about. And the more money you make people, the more money you're going to make in return. But if I have enough deep conversations with myself, if I go on enough levels deep, I come to the true answer. And the true answer is, is based off of the two following things. It's based off of the fact that when I was younger, everyone of influence, everyone of authority, everyone of importance in my life continuously told me that I was never gonna accomplish anything. So I had something that I was running away from, which was being a loser, not accomplishing anything in life, but taking it further, when I did accomplish success and I did find financial freedom and I did accomplish all these things and I proved everyone wrong, I now had to find a bigger reason to push me forward. And that big reason was I need to help other people. But it wasn't because I really cared about helping other people. The real reason was because I viewed myself as so great, so mighty, this almighty figure that not only could I make myself successful and wildly successful, but I could make other people wildly successful. And when you say other people, was it other people that like, you're close with or just a random Joe Blow? 
for example? Well, take anyone who comes into the company, like our average earnings is six figures up. Yeah. And we have 40 plus you know, individuals who work at our company. So when you, when you take that into consideration that we could take someone with no education, no real like sales background, just good charisma and the ability to communicate, yeah. and then go from zero income to a six-figure salary. It's insane. That's Most that, people don't even fucking get that out of college, man. It well, takes that, years that's right. and years and years that's to exactly work it. your way up. And for you and your company, that's the thing that I hear so many people the most out of anyone, because you know, I have my company, you have your company, uh, we are all the boys, we have our company. The one thing I always hear the, the most is, can you make a lot of money in Ambrose company? Because they're always seeing now your job posts coming as sales reps. Yeah. And I said, it re I said, listen, it depends how bad you want it. At the end of the day, I've been, I've seen you since the beginning, and this is just my personal yeah. opinion. Obviously, you know the, the most, but I've seen like through the beginning of time, kind of like from obviously my perspective, not being in the company, the people that I've seen kind of look like determined uh, in regards yeah. to the sales reps that I've gone close with over the time that are fucking partying all the time, going out, just fucking around. Those guys, generally, now I don't even see them on your team anymore, you know, but the people that I see fucking crushing it and you can make six figures yeah, in your first year. Nick, through not, not to cut you off there, yeah. but when you look at any facet, whether it's in your business or it's in Michael's business or it's in any fucking business, if you don't work hard, you don't dedicate yourself to your craft, you don't enhance your skill set, and you, you're not able to communicate your ideas, you're not going to succeed no matter where the fuck you go. So it's not a question of if it's in my company or your company or anyone else's company. The thing that differentiates people who are successful and people who are not is do they have a clear goal? Are they running away from something? Are they running towards something? And do they know why? Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I was alluding to earlier. Every single person that I spoke to who was actually gonna see success or had already seen it had a strong compelling reason as to why. And it ranged from I have you know, a mentally disabled brother and or sister who I need to help and support. I have a family that I'm trying to raise. I have something that's deeply important to me that I need to accomplish in life. And the thing that differentiates all of us is that we understood from a very early age that we need to accomplish great things mm -hmm. and that there was no other choice but to do so. And we got very clear on our goals and what we wanted to accomplish and why we wanted to accomplish it. And that is the reason why we always do the successful actions, the right actions in order to obtain that success. We'll try the, to, but, are, yeah. but are you saying that if somebody doesn't have a strong why, they won't be successful? I think like anything in life, I don't like to speak in black and whites, right? There's, it's not one or the other. But I think when you look at enough data points, and there, of course there'll always be outliers, but when you look at enough data points, if you don't have a very strong, compelling reason as to why you need to be successful, sorry to tell you, but you're not gonna be fucking successful. And maybe you haven't uncovered it yet because mine isn't that important. It's, it's, it's rooted in a lot of ego, but there's a lot of pain attached so to it. So what is it though? You were saying it's because when you were younger that everyone around you said that you couldn't do it. Correct. That's your why? So that's not my why. My why is now I've reached a point of success. The initial point was let's make sure that I'm out of that basic struggle. So let, let me make sure that the vast majority of you know, my basic needs are met. Mm -hmm. 
from an early age, I didn't think that that was even going to be the case. I mean, if people would even tell me I'd be average, that would be like, yeah, yippee, a fucking win. But that was not the case. So I went for a very long duration of time as a young man thinking that I wasn't even going to be able to be average, let alone scrape by in a lot of cases. So once I accomplished that, that was my main goal. How do I get out of this hunger state? And maybe for some of the listeners, they're in that hunger state. They're in that state of they're paycheck to paycheck. They're not making you know, bills on time. They're not advancing. They're not saving. They have to just get in that grind moment. You're almost like a rabid dog in a sense. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to do anything and everything that you need to do within reason in order to achieve your goal because you're struggling. Some people never make it out of that. I just had to get past that basic point. Then it was... I need to be successful because I want to help other people because I saw my brother become successful throughout the company. But that was fueled by my ego. Intrinsically, and when I had enough deep conversations with myself, if I'm just being real, it's not because I care about helping people. Of course, I do to a certain extent, but I understand at a deeper level that I cannot help anyone do anything. I cannot convince anyone to do anything. People come to their own conclusions and decisions. The only thing that I could do is provide them with enough resources, tools, and opportunity to take it upon themselves to actually want to become successful. You can't force someone into success. And we've seen that time and time with our own friend group. We have, but your company is also differently structured than a lot of the companies out there, right? So for you and someone defining their why, you can tell if they're going to be successful or not, is because you give them a large chunk. I don't know the exact numbers, but of the sale, which most businesses don't. I know a lot of people that work in, in, in jobs, like let's say pharmaceutical companies, and they have to bring in, let's say, $20, 30000000 million a year. And just be, if they bring those numbers, their salary may still be 180, but they still want to be successful in that industry. Yeah. So when you say that, why? Let's say but someone's before, saying... But before we go into like other people's why in his organization, I, I still want to know what his why is because he keeps saying it's... Ambro keeps saying his why is rooted in ego, but nothing you necessarily said yet. Yeah, so it's 100% that. feeding into the own ego that I am, I am a creator of opportunity. My why is that I create opportunity. That is the main driver of everything that I do on a daily basis. Because after a certain point of wealth, what are, you, what are you doing? You're just stacking numbers in a bank account. You're buying more watches. You're buying a bigger fucking box to live in. You're buying a nicer car. Like, it's great. Don't get me wrong. All those things are nice, but... After a certain threshold of income, what are you even doing anymore? Helping other people. Well, I think you. But so then, what is person. your why? Your yeah. why is to just yeah, but create more so surface level. It's it's helping other people, right? Like the discussion that I had with yep. that individual on my team. But if you take it enough levels deep, it has nothing to do with your income, right? No. So it's a hundred percent ego driven that I just want to be so great at what I do. And this is the the true why behind everything that I do. I'm so great at what I do that everyone who doubted me, everyone who did not believe in me is proved not even wrong in the own sense that I am able to accomplish success, but I am so great, I am so powerful that I create other people's success. And that is the thing that drives me. It's, It's fueling my own ego. So that's the true why, if I go enough levels deep. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And so then when does it end? Like when have you accomplished everything? I don't think there will be a point when I accomplish everything. I think because I've brought it outside of my own reality and my own circumstance, 
I think it's endless. And I think that was the point behind mm -hmm. it. And do you think you'll work forever? Do you think you'll never retire and always feel comfortable in the grind? So listen, I like to relax. I certainly don't want to be grinding my face off for the next 50 years or however long uh, life permits me. But at the same time, I think as men, we need to take on a burden. We need to take on an activity. Have you guys ever taken the opportunity to just sit at home and watch Netflix for an extended period of time? I mean, usually after like a few hours, I'm like, holy shit, I hate myself. I'm like, damn, I feel like I just wasted a day. But I, right? yeah. That's, that's the exact way that you feel when you're not accomplishing anything that's worthwhile. I think throughout life, we're given this life to experience. We're given this life to experience, whether it be locations, opportunities, environments, just experiences in general. And I think capital is just a form of doing that, mm -hmm. right? It's just a means, it's a tool. So when you amass capital, it's just so you could live more experiences. And I tell this to my team all the time, your goal should not just be to stack capital in the bank account. That yeah. gives you security so you can make better decisions. But I think when you look at the reasoning behind why you should be making money in the first place, it's so you could experience life at the highest degree in, in an abundant format. And you know, like yourself, Michael, you've been traveling all over the world. Had you not created the financial success that you've had in the last couple of years, you wouldn't have been afforded the opportunity of doing so. No, for sure not. And do you see yourself now? Because obviously, you know, I, same thing with me. This has been the year I've traveled the most. Same thing with you as well. You, on the other hand, last time, if people don't know, you know, this is the second time we have them, uh, we have you on. You had to take like a thousand days off or something fucking crazy like it's yeah. I don't ever actually and I'm saying this from someone who speaks to you probably the most like I speak to you three times a week let's just say you never take ever take a vacation I can't even remember the last time you're like hey bro I'm taking a whole week off uh just chilling like never yeah. have I heard that since you starting uh net revenue because I know you just changed your company that's the name yeah. correct correct do you foresee in the future that you're like, hey, you know what? I've worked so hard. Um, now, you know, things are running smoothly in terms of, you know, you're building out your team. You have a lot, you have a lot of management, but less on the phone doing, you know, the nitty yeah. gritty stuff. Do you foresee yourself taking a trip in, this, in the near future or just continuously, hey, I gotta, I'm, not, I'm not where I want to be yet? I think my mission is stronger than my need for experience, at least at this stage. And listen, you could always say that, yeah, I'll die fucking tomorrow. And that's, you know, a possibility. It's a probability. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen at one point or another. But I think what drives me is based off of my why. It's based off of that ego. And that will do more for me than any experience ever could. That in itself is an experience for me. So but have you experienced that experience of going to Europe and tasting it i i certainly haven't and listen and i'm just asking that's why because like you tell me you don't know what you don't know right so could that you know you taking that experience and coming back and be like holy shit it can change your perspective on other parts of your life not just business of but course. if you're if your why mission is deeply rooted in what you were saying then i totally agree yeah. as well i think the sense of accomplishment for me supersedes any possible experience that i could ever have and that's why it's not like I'm not as concerned with making money. Yeah. It's just the, the ego aspect to why I work every single day has nothing to do with money. I mean, that's the byproduct. 
But everything that I do is simply so that I could feel good about myself because I know that there's that little kid in, in me from an early age that was told that they could never accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. So when I accomplish all of these grandiose things and I double up my teacher's income, I triple up, I quadruple up, I 10x, I 1,000x their income, and then I'm 1,000xing the incomes of most of the people of importance that told me I could never accomplish anything. That in itself speaks tribute to that little kid who said he can never ac- accomplish anything. Yeah. He can never do anything. So that for me, that is the most fulfilling thing that I could ever experience. And just shedding light, I don't know if you want to touch on that, but just shedding light on someone right now because I can see it like deep. It's it. It's, it's been your biggest motivational factor. Well, I was going to say something. In, in, in your position right now. Well, I was going to say that something way. that I remember we were in school together. And we, had, we were at John Rennie together for one year. Who's high this? School. You and Ab- uh, yeah, yeah, me and okay. Ambro. And I remember we had an art teacher that despised you. Mind you, you were a fucking awful student. Though, right, if we're being I think honest. I had him at I was concealed. I think like I know every exactly day would either kick about. somebody in the head yeah. or... Whoa! You kick Mark kick. in the head. Well, did you deserve it? That's the real question. <laughs> I think he did deserve it. There you go. I'm not saying you did it. Anyways, I'm just saying if you have a student that kicks somebody in the head, that's a that's that's, that's not a problem. The, that's a problem. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a classroom hazard. <laughs> and so, or even Stevenson, there was a lot of issues. To okay? be fair, he he was fucked up out and a knife on me. Knife. Yeah, he did. And he then did. I proceeded to knee him in the mouth. Yeah. I feel like those two go hand in hand. If you're going to pull out a knife on someone, you should absolutely get kneed in the mouth. Yeah, like if I was a fair judge, I, w- I would award you the case. Right, exactly. For sure. Yeah. All I'm saying is I remember all these things occurring. So I definitely understand that these are traumatizing things when teachers are coming out and saying, or, or actually, because teachers is kind of a loose term, but at the time, it's really an authority figure, right? It's yeah. somebody that you trust and or somebody that's kind of above you almost, right? They have authority over you. 100%. And they're telling you that you don't have, you're not going to be successful. Do you have to heal from that? Like, is that a problem? If I'm like a psychologist, is, is that a yeah. problem that you need to solve? Or is that just fuel for more success I, I think forever? It's, it's fuel because the byproduct is success, which I'm not opposed to. So if I could find anything deep inside me to make my life meaningful, if I know that I impacted a thousand or a hundred thousand lives through the ability of creating opportunity, through the ability of creating real sustainable income by giving real time education to people, the, we did the math at the company. I think it was uh, my CEO who, who ran the numbers last week. We, we've sold over 5,000 uh, products throughout this last 12 months. By 5, products, 000, you mean like courses? Or yeah, like, so okay. primarily real estate education. Okay. So 5,000 5, individuals are in a better place as a result of the education that they got access to. Wow. That is 5,000 lives that we've changed throughout the company, let alone the 40-plus individuals that we have within the company that went from minimal incomes, working terrible jobs, working, you know, uh, having... A, tremend- a tremendous amount of education, in some cases, master's degrees, and making below six figures. Mm-hmm. And we know in today's economy, like with, without fucking six figures of income, you're not fucking accomplishing anything. You can't even, you, do brother, you're, 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 you're struggling. No, you're struggling. In you're today's struggling. economy, you're, you're, not, you're not, you're living a very 
like you have to still watch your money. You got you can't really do but what you want to do. The worst part, the worst part of that equation, Nick, is that that is that is one percent income. It is, which is crazy. That is one percent income. So that begs the question: Is the system in its entirety completely fucked? But and so, that's why you have people like Andrew Tate and and all of these characters who have come in and tried to educate people as to what's possible. And listen, not everyone could be a business owner, but you could be a fucking amazing marketer. You could be an amazing salesperson. You could be the best at product development. You could be an amazing software engineer. You could do all of these things at the highest degree level and you could absolutely make six figures plus. And not everyone needs to be a fucking millionaire. And I think that's the, that's the, the fallacy that everyone's been sold, especially with the online education realm, is that you gotta be a millionaire. Like, what are you even gonna do with fucking a million dollars? Like, don't get me wrong, it's great to have that level of income, but in a lot of cases, what are you even gonna do with it? I mean, I think for most people, it's just more the security. I think it's just the biggest thing that people worry about is, are they gonna make ends meet? You know, how am I gonna pay for this? I wanna take care of this, I wanna do this. And I think if you have a million dollars, and I'm just, if I'm just saying off like, factual, if people had a million dollars in the bank account, they would feel as if there's a level of stress that diminishes in terms of bills being paid. Um, that, in my opinion, is what that million dollars would do. Are people going to spend it if they have a million dollars? Like, probably not. You know, if you have a million dollars in the bank account, are you going to go out and fucking spend 900000 Some people may. Some people Nick, may. Most people won't. The vast majority of people, when you look at their spending habits... They are horrendous with money. It depends who you speak to, because in my family, and Adam can test to it, some, we got some, let me tell you better. Yeah, we got but, some, but the vast majority people. of people have horrible spending habits. Mind you, they never get taught about anything finance related their whole life. Right. But terrible spending Ever. habits, like, like, like shopping, are you like in- like, People don't even know how they get charged interest on their credit card. Like, it's not even a question. The majority of people have no clue how to handle it. Spending habit or is that an educational problem? It's both. Why do you say that? Because for me, a spending habit is spending so much that you don't even, that, that it's just like you're spending everywhere. Whereas people don't even understand the interest on the credit card. That's a more of an educational part of things that you're like, holy shit, this is how much I'm getting charged. I think people don't know Rather much about their finances in problem. general, to be quite honest. Yeah, and I agree with you. I agree with you. I just want to make I think that the they difference. spend a lot and they don't know about their finances. And not knowing about your finances is the worst thing. Is is why they spend a lot because they don't even know that they're spending a lot. A hundred percent. But this is besides the point. We'll take it back to to your company. So you mentioned many times that you have forty employees, right? Does the 80-20 rule apply as well to your company, let's say? Like, do 20% of the people within your organization make money and then the rest don't? Or have you figured out a way where everybody's kind of making ends meet? So in any organization, whether it be a business and or a sports team or any organized um, activity in general where it involves people, you're going to have top performers and you're going to have bottom-of-the-barrel individuals. I think we try to limit it simply by the nature of what most of our team does, which is purely, you know, rev share um, commission based. So when I look at 
the vast majority of our team because we consistently cut the bottom 10 or 20% every quarter. It's hard to have people who don't share the characteristics, the habits, the activities necessary of becoming that you know, 20%. Now, that's not to say that eventually they don't become it because certain people come in with higher levels of intellect, better charisma, just general you know, education. So there's a, there's a lot of things that contribute to them being bottom or top performers. I would say in our company, it's pretty even across the board, but that's not to say in the near future, it couldn't be that 80-20 rule that you're discussing. But I would say as it stands currently, no, that's not the case. Okay, that's good. I will say like on a complete different subject, when I started out, to bring it back to the why, when I started out, my why was always my mom, right? Yeah. And then I remember uh, my past employer when I was, who taught me everything about real estate, Mondev, I was telling him, I need to make a million dollars. And he was explaining, why do you need to, he, he was asking me, why do you need to make a million dollars? He couldn't understand because I was, I don't know, 22 years old. And I was just telling him, I need to make a million dollars this year. That was just what I kept repeating to him. And then finally he goes, why? Why is that the case? Why do you have to make a million dollars? And yeah. I was like, well, because I have to retire my mom. And he starts dying of laughter. And he's like, why would it be your responsibility to retire your mom? And I just explained to him that I, I see my mom slaving away at her nine to five or actually nine to nine, slaving yeah. away on a salary where she loses 50% of her income and then pays all her expenses. I just couldn't take it anymore and I needed to retire my mom. And when I did that, I remember sitting there thinking, what the hell is next? Yeah. Like, there's not really a point, like not that there's not really a point, but there's, it just seemed like that's accomplished. If that was my big why, then what, what kind of pushes me forward after that, you know? Yeah. And then I came to the conclusion that it's being able to be completely free like having limitless options. And what I mean is, if you have infinite money, okay, you could sit here and you could say, right after this, I'm gonna go get a private jet and I'm gonna fly to Paris and I'm gonna have a dinner in the Eiffel Tower and they're gonna close down the whole thing. And I'm gonna, then after that, somebody's gonna pick up my shoes, change my shoes, change my socks, and then I'm gonna walk down the street. Like yeah. you could just, infinite possibilities, right? But as it stands, we don't have those, that luxury. You know what I mean? I agree. And I find that nobody is free. I'm not saying that everyone should strive for this, but I'm just saying it kind of bothers me that none of us are really free in, in, in I, that sense. But this is what we I, don't have the so freedom of making you decisions. You absolutely don't have freedom. And no all. matter how much wealth you generate, you're only garnering the perception of freedom. And I think that's what the system is designed to do. Because when you look at slavery, the best form of slavery is the one you don't realize you're in. And that's currently what we're, we're fed to believe is that we're not in a slave society when we 100% are. Everything that we do, every action that we do is predicated on us generating a, a capital in some format. I mean, yeah, but order, that's because we are slaves. Yes. Yes. Which 100% we are. Yeah. So you, the perception of freedom is a fallacy. But, but it's not. It's well, not. But it's it depends not who has ultimate freedom. The person who has ultimate freedom is the person who owns the system. But who has, if you exit the system with X amount of money, technically you've achieved ultimate freedom. Correct. But, but if, what is ultimate freedom for you guys? 
being able to make any decision I want without having to think about if is, that and that's decision what you is strive possible. for and that is that what you strive for because to me and the reason why I say this is what I'm trying to get to the point is is freedom and I think freedom well, what is freedom 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 is much like a white yeah, for every single person I, I agree when you look at when you ask Mike Tyson with the interviews when was the time he felt the most free is the time he was in jail that was the time if you look at him the pain, the suffering, was the time he was alone in jail. So that's all I'm trying to say is what freedom may be for you may not be for other people. You can't argue that someone in prison who just simply has peace of mind is free. They're confined to a fucking box in which they cannot escape. Mm -hmm. So they might have the perception of freedom, and perception is all subjective. We could all have our own perception of anything in life. But freedom intrinsically for everyone is having enough resources, education, and the understanding of what they need to accomplish in order to execute upon that. But don't you think you have that right now? No, because I... I, I what do you feel is missing out I'm, of everything I'm not, you said? I'm not boundless in what I could accomplish and what I could do and what I could execute on. So I'm not entirely free. Because similar to what Michael was saying, if we decided to stop working today, we lack the resources to act upon our education and our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So you're not free. And if exactly that, freedom is a spectrum. Arguably, even the people that run the world, that created this whole system that keeps us enslaved, okay, they also arguably aren't 100% free, right? Because if they don't make actions on a daily basis to keep up that position of power, then they'll lose it. So even them, they have to do things on a daily basis to keep their freedom, let's say. What I'm trying to say is exactly what Amber is trying to say. We're on a spectrum of freedom. And you want to get further along the spectrum of freedom to absolute freedom. You might end up getting very close. Like, let's say Jeff Bezos. I wouldn't argue that he is absolutely free. But I would say that he's way further along the spectrum of freedom than I am. 100%. So let's just bring it back to now. Someone in a position, like you had mentioned, that everyone's against them. No one believes them. What, going back to your younger self, what would you tell them? Man, I would tell them to just get educated. I mean, education is the answer to most of your problems. But there's a lot of education out there that's bullshit. Right. I mean, look at a lot of these sales trainers. Look at a lot of these people that are in the online education space. There is so much bullshit, especially since I work in the online education space. There is so much bullshit. Like that, so three actionable That, that fucking guy with the, the tight pants and that yells on stage, Andy Elliott. You want to know that he's a fucking, he's a rat. He's a fucking, he's a rat. No, no, I don't say this lightly. I don't he's know, a fucking I don't rat. Know, I was having the conversation with Daniel and he was like, oh yeah, go search up his name online. He had turned on his partners over at the car dealership and actually under oath, like claimed to a whole bunch of fraud and a whole bunch of shit. So like, these are the last people that we should be learning from, but because they're such great characters, right? You have the Andrew Tates, you have these characters in the sales space and- yeah, yeah, Ty Lopez and, and even Iman Ghazi in a lot yeah. of regards. And I, I respect Iman uh, a lot. But when you look at the products that these guys provide, when you look at the services that they provide, it's basic level knowledge that anyone could accomplish for themselves free online without paying a cent. 100%. Now, is there benefit in paying for that education? Is there benefit in consuming their knowledge? Is there benefit in a lot of things that they you know, advocate online? 100%. 
But to a lot of the people out there, if you're trying to accomplish success for yourself, there's no need for you to go and purchase, let's say for instance, education. And that is counterintuitive to my own business because we sell education. I think you have to get to a certain place in life where you could afford that education and it propels you forward. But even then, nobody's gonna solve all your fucking problems. At the end of the day, you have to, you have to go on a journey of self-education, consuming both paid and free education in order to achieve the desired skill set, in order to enable yourself to understand the business, to understand how people conduct themselves, to understand how business works, and to un understand psychology at a different level. Because although me and Michael are in completely different industries, we're both sporting great watches. Why is that? Well, it ties back to that Zahavian signal. It's that we understand that at a deeper level, these watches are true signals of wealth that will enable us to get into bigger rooms with more affluent people that will be able to close deals that will propel us forward. But if you're never subject to that level of education, although however minuscule it is, it makes the world of difference because all you have to do is shine this fucking piece of metal in the right lighting, in the right setting, in the right environment where someone sparks up a conversation and now let's operate under the pretense that you have enough education to carry through that conversation, enough charisma, enough ability to communicate your ideas. Well, now you have a potential client that could generate you millions upon millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And I think it's understanding the basics first and then amplifying those basics by obtaining mentors, obtaining other education. And I think if yeah. I'd go back to my younger self to answer your question from earlier, Nick, the way that you do that is through just learning as much as you can learn from a very early age. And I think it's going against the grain of what society teaches us we need to learn throughout the traditional education system or going to school or any of those things. I think it's finding self-discovery as to what we want to accomplish. And this ties back to that why. What do you want to accomplish? We all had a vision, a destiny that we wanted to accomplish for ourselves. We took the successful actions to get there. And luckily, we're at a place of abundance where we could have this fucking podcast on a Wednesday where we're discussing things that are not very relevant to us, in a sense. We could have these arguments on a Wednesday when most people are still stuck in their job and we could see just outside here that people are, are stuck in traffic coming home from their nine to five job because they didn't educate themselves properly. They didn't get access to that, that capital to create that freedom for themselves to be able to have these conversations that we're having right now. I agree. And you know what's the biggest thing, and to me personally, that changed my life was <clears throat> my father always told me, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And that's the Fuck, one that's thing a good he always told me in life. He said, Nick, nothing is going to be handed to you. If you want something in life, you got to go and get it. And those are the words he always told me. By those are the one, that, that one piece of advice, the one piece of advice that Vince, obviously has known well, uh, said to me, he says, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And those are the words that he lives by. If you don't live by those words, then you'll never achieve anything you can accomplish. Because if you don't want to go get it, why can no one's going to come out and fucking hand you out? No kidding. You're competing with every Correct. other person. Like, Correct. We're all competing for the same dollar, the same women, the same 
freedom, the same abundance. Lifestyle, we're everything, just we're, we're competing for everything, and it's player versus player game. I mean, I I recently listened to a podcast with Andrew Tate, and he he touches on this quite heavily. It's like, listen, there are people out there that are working ten times harder than you that are ingesting the same level of education, if not better education. They have access to a better network. They have access to all these things. The only thing that differentiates the people who are positioned in arguably a, a better environment than you are is your level of education, your, yeah. your level of work, your level of discipline. Those are the only things that are going to get you out of that slavery I that agree. we just discussed. I so, agree. So and I, I would say, though, that to add to that is that people should be focusing on how to make money. And that's why I find that when I say this, and, the, and I'm happy that you challenged me on this, because people think that when I say that, I mean that money is, is everything in the world. And if you don't strive for money, that you won't have a good life or, or whatever, or, or, or the striving of money is the absolute necessity in life. It's one of the major cornerstones of existence, 100%. And I think that you need to ask yourself, how do you educate yourself in a way to be able to make money? If you don't even have that down packed, mm -hmm. I find that you have to go back to the drawing board and figure that shit out. You need to find a way to educate yourself to be able to make money. Money is the, the tool of life. Back in the day, we used to barter. We used to, we used to trade things, right? So I could fish and then I would trade my fish for something else that was useful to me. Maybe pots and pans so I could now cook my fish or, or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Now it's currency. It's, it's, there is a, a, a currency, physical or digital, that we need to use to buy goods and services. You need to find a way to get that currency. You need that tool. 100%. It's like saying that you're going to build this desk and you don't have a screwdriver. Yeah. You're going to build this shed and you don't have the tools necessary to build the shed. You need money. Money is a specific tool that you need to educate yourself on how to accumulate it. And, and I, brother, you are... Both of you guys are absolutely 100% right on that. So let's just, I want to just end it off on Nick, you might be a liberal sissy. I'm not, I'm not. But I just want to end it off on a strong note, letting people know, because, you know, we say this as people that have gone through those thoughts. If there were three, let's say, questions that people can ask themselves or three actions that people can take, listen to this right now being in a position of they're struggling, they don't know where to go, they're confused, they don't have a business, they don't know what yeah. to get into. What would you recommend them? Three things. The number one thing is, and this ties back to the first thing that we discussed yep. throughout this podcast, which is what is the goal? And tie so it back. figuring out yeah, your goal. So, so tie it to financial, uh, yep. to your financials 100%. Figure out what you need to make. And why do you need to make it? Because we all have these goals, aspirations, these desires. Why do you need to make that kind of money? Mm -hmm. So your what and your why? I would say those are the two most important aspects. And what aspects. was the third thing? What's missing? What's missing? So what is your goal? Why is it your goal? And, and what's missing from enabling you to, to achieve it. Yeah. And, and I think Michael, to add on that, I would say like, forget the three things. I think that the one thing that you could do is you have to commit to something. Okay. Once you've commit to it, you cannot stop until that's accomplished and executed. 
It's either you die or it gets accomplished. There's no quitting. There's no, there's no anything in between. It's either death or accomplishment. But, and, and, and I, I find and that I you have to have that level of obsession to accomplish something in life. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. In my opinion, that's, I agree. that's the that's only, deep. only, that's only, deep. only, only way to guarantee that you accomplish what you set out to be. And I, and I think that I get that from my dad because back in the day, he used to always tell me if I make a commitment that I have to stick to it. And there was, I have so many memories of hockey where I would try to skip hockey practice and he would say, did you commit to playing this season? And then I would have all these excuses, but I'm not feeling well. I'm this. And he would say, no, no, that's not what I'm asking you. Did you commit to playing this hockey season? I said, yeah, I did. Okay, so then you have to go to practice. Otherwise, you're going to tell your coach to his face that you've quit. Mm -hmm. you, you committed, you made this commitment. It's either you fulfill the commitment or you quit. That's it. I'm not, I'm not calling the coach for you and telling him that you're sick and you can't make it to practice or that you don't want to come to these practices because you're busy or you have too much schoolwork. He's like, fuck that. You made the commitment. You either fulfill the commitment or you fucking quit. And it stuck with me so much. And then he would tell me when I, he would give me like positive reinforcement when I would go to the gym, he'd say, you know, you, when you commit to something, you see it through to the end. You, you committed to going to the gym and now you go every single day, no matter what, even if there's excuses or, or, or reason why you shouldn't go, you end up going. And then I was like, wow, he's so right. I do commit to those things. Well, listen, it was all two, kind of bullshit. There's, well, there's two people that I know that are fucking committed to their crafts. You two, I'm looking at two gentlemen. But just to kind of, and, and brother, you guys are two of the most committed people, but just to kind of give more clarity. But are you not committed? I am as well. I am as well. But you said to commit to something that you're willing to die. And I totally agree with that. But how do you navigate through things that you're trying? You know what I mean? Because a lot of people like, hey, for me now, it's, it's obvious. Like, it's my company, it's this, it's that, and now I found my calling. So, so how do you deviate through, you know, we, we went through th so many things. Amber and I, our first, my first business project was gonna be me and you, what was it, the fucking, uh, the clothing line, remember? And you know, we went to the library. Yeah, Labyrinth. Labyrinth, you know, like, and we were committed to that. But you know, like, and then we said, no, how, well, exactly. it, ties back, it, it, it ties back to education. Yeah. The more information that you have access to... The more you can make rash decisions. Yeah, the better you could yeah. define your path. And I think Michael understood from a very early age that real estate is one of the, the avenues that you can make the most amount of money in that is tried and tested and true. And he had enough foresight and enough insight in order to say, hey, as long as I educate myself sufficiently, I could succeed in this industry. And I think when, when people say, well, that, that's great and all, and I love what you guys are saying, and it all makes sense, die for what you want to accomplish, but I don't even know what I want to accomplish yet. I think you have to look intrinsically and understand, well, what does my end goal look like? Now, can I find a good vehicle to get there? Right. Right? Like if you're in a shit vehicle, it's gonna be very hard for you to accomplish your goals and obtain that level of freedom, obtain that level of financial success. So the only way that you truly define that is by rowing in the right boat. It's by being in the right vehicle. It's by being in something that's actually gonna bring you to your end goal. So it's having enough education to be able to identify those things. And I think that's what most people are missing. Exactly. And I would, I 100% agree with that. And I would even add that 
I've been, I've had days where I've woken up, especially back in the day where I've woken up and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I try so many different things. I make no money. I fail at every business I've created. These are thoughts that were going through my head. And to the point where I've had thoughts where it's like, what's the point of continuing on this journey? Because I fail so much. Okay. I, I could name so many different businesses that I've tried and failed. Right. But even though I had those days, I got back on track and I realized that it's either I'm dying or I'm continuing to execute on this until I found a path, like Amber saying, until I've educated myself enough that I found a path that is a good enough vehicle to get me to where I want to be, which is freedom, taking care of my family, taking care of my friends, taking care of my loved ones, taking care of myself at the end of the day, right? And I find that when you have that type of kind of commitment to the end goal, like Amber saying, have that end goal, and then you have that type of commitment, it's like, it doesn't matter on a daily basis, it doesn't matter the obstacles that you face because in the end, again, it comes back to I'm either going to die trying or I'm going to accomplish these things. And so it's getting to a point where you're at peace with the fact that constantly you're going to be battling different obstacles. Constantly you're going to feel like shit. Constantly you're going to want to give up and just not giving up and pursuing until you achieve that vision of your ideal life that you've set out for. Love it. Couldn't agree more. Well, my logic was this whole time is that like, if you don't have this obsession to keep going until you've achieved that level of a success, already you're not going to achieve it. But then let's say you have that, that hunger, right? You already have that hunger and now you need actionable steps to help you on that path so that you don't fail as much. And then you finally hit that thing that you're successful in and you could start kind of getting yeah. to that next level where you're actually achieving success, right? Yeah. I would say we should start at the first thing is finding the right vehicle, like you said many times. Yeah. Some people, they want to sell t-shirts, but then they don't realize that in order to make a million dollars profit at the end of the day, they might have to sell $10 million of t-shirts yeah. and then have $9 million of expenses. And after that, they take home a million dollars for themselves profit. It's not that you're going to sell a million dollars worth of t-shirts and make a million dollars. Yeah. Okay. So it's a very hard vehicle, right? Because other people have profit margins of maybe 70%. Correct. And they could make $10 million of revenue and they could take home 7 million, right? So you need the right vehicle. So let's start there. How do you determine the right vehicle? The way to determine the right vehicle is like we've alluded to this entire conversation. It's Let's education, go. right? A lot of people are against going to business school. That is the number one thing in which most people are like, don't go to business school. It's not going to impact you whatsoever. I would make the argument that if you can't understand the profitability of a business, you shouldn't be in it. And the reason behind that is like, listen, if you don't understand net margin and understand that, hey, I rather run a business that does $500,000 a year and I spend $20,000 in order to generate that $5,000, then I run a $3 million a year business and I spend 1.8 or 1.9 million in order to get there. Arguably, you're making more net profit with that $3 million business. But the operational expense and the time expense necessary in order to run that business is fucking tremendous. What stoke is this? For Nick. Keep going. It's tremendous, man. And it's like, listen, you're going to have to take on more operational expense with 
employees, with team members, with marketing, with your tech stack. And there's so many things that you're going to need to do, which are just not congruent with if you want to run a cash flowing business. And the thing is with business is that people think they come with one idea and that's going to carry them over the course of their career. It's just not. It's not going to carry them over the course of their career. Do you want to send me the later? Because the needs of consumers are constantly changing. People need different things. The people who were running the printing press 30 years ago never thought that they were going to run out, go out of business. But in today's market, their product, their solution is null and void. It's useless in a certain degree. So you could be in the printing press industry. You could be in the newspaper industry. Here you go, Nick. You could be in the printing press industry, and that's fine and dandy, but you're in the wrong vehicle. You're in the wrong boat rowing extremely hard for an industry that's dying. So you have to be cognizant of what do consumers really need. The only way to understand that is through the education of diving into what consumers want. What are the most profitable industries? We know that in most products, you're going to need some sort of sales. We know that people are always going to need a place to live. We always know that there's going to be eyeballs needed on products or services or so on and so forth. So we're all in our respective industries where I'm in the recruitment and management side for people in businesses. Yeah. Michael's in real estate. You're in marketing. In all these different industries, they all service a need. What most people fail to identify is that need. And as a result, they find themselves in a place where they're rowing super hard. They're trying super hard. They're formulating a t-shirt brand or a supplement company and they're rowing and they're rowing and they're not finding progress because their industry is oversaturated. So it's finding the right industry that services a real need that is to an extent untapped. Correct. But when we look at blue ocean strategies and we look at you know strategies that attack a vast audience but are untapped, a lot of those are question marks in a lot of these entrepreneurs' heads, right? I could, I could develop the best app in the world for home service products like me and Michael did, but if there's not a need for it in the marketplace, we're not going to fucking go anywhere, which means we're just going to spin our tires, spend a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of effort trying to develop a product that the, that the market doesn't want. That is correct. So it's being able to identify what do people need, and that is the true differentiating factor between unsuccessful versus successful entrepreneurs. And I agree with you. Yes, as entrepreneurs, yes. I, was, I thought you were going to say individuals because they're going to say there are still individuals that are extremely successful, but that work for these corporations or for these yeah, brands. Which is, which, is, which is totally fine as well. Okay, but, but I, I, I want to touch on something yeah, real quick. I yeah. want to touch on something real quick. Everyone thinks that they need to become a fucking they entrepreneur. Not. I... There is no less freedom than you experience than when you're an entrepreneur in the initial stages of development. Me and Michael, and even yourself, Nick, are not free whatsoever. No. We may have the perception of freedom because we own our own businesses and we control our time and so on and so forth, but there are people who rely on us. Therefore, we can never truly be free yeah. unless we reach a certain level of success, which, okay, that'll enable us to have some semblance of freedom. But in a lot of cases, 
the person who's working within an organization who makes a six-figure salary or a seven-figure salary, or even in some cases, they're so great at what they fucking do that they make an eight-figure salary. Those people have more freedom than the person running the business that is paid last. 100%. I am paid last in my business. Yeah. Everyone likes to think that entrepreneurship is as glamorous as it can be. They see the nice cars, they see all of these things, they see all these things, but they don't realize that the vast majority of everything that we purchase is marketing material. Shit. It's like Michael Michael discussed earlier with his watch. It's so we could close fucking deals. You think I wear this $230,000 AP because it's just nice and I like a nice fucking piece of metal jewelry on my wrist? No, it's because it enables me to close Gold. deals. Yeah, whatever, Gold. It enables me to close 100%, deals. 100%. So the reasoning behind me purchasing all of these things is marketing material. So it's not even because I truly want these things, but rather because I need to market to individuals who view it as a Zahavian signal, a true signal of wealth and my ability to perform in the marketplace. Not for sure. As there's a lot of people that make, like being an entrepreneur is not just dandelions every day is a great day it's really well th that's the thing it's 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 you have the stress of a payroll you have the stress of tax you have the stress of this losing clients dealing with ev everything in the business whereas you're taking the responsibility of everyone's problems and you're putting them into yourself of right. hey man you are the main controller of this business if you lose your shit everyone's gonna lose their shit right whereas if you are a high performer in a let's say a, an established company that's making billions of dollars let's just use uh, i don't know like like amazon you can make a lot of money if you were one of the few, if you work your way up or you started in the company but not jeff bezos like he's the one who takes the blame yeah but for everything but that's you're, why i would say right. that if you're somebody out there, okay, what you need to strive for is a position somewhere where you have no ceiling of potential. There's no ceiling on your potential. And I find that that's the most important thing. For an entrepreneur, for me, let's say, yes, it comes with a bunch of bullshit, like you're saying, where I'm providing, I have to make sure that I could provide for all these people and their families. And if they don't make that income, then they're not going to stay there. It's just facts. Like yeah. if they cannot cannot afford to live by working with me, they're not going to work with me. But you also have to and set then the I have, tone Yes, I have to do all well. these things and I have to work 10 times harder for them. I, I, I have to work 10 times harder than them oftentimes. And also, it's like at the end of the day, I'm being paid last, like Amber was saying, okay? Yeah. There's all these shitty things that come with it. But the biggest pro that comes with being an entrepreneur is that there's no ceiling over my that potential. And that's what you need to strive for. But you don't need to be an entrepreneur that owns his own business to have no ceiling. And Correct. that's what you need to really strive for. No ceiling over your potential. Meaning, if you're within an organization like Amazon, there's no way, in my opinion today, if you join Amazon, that you're going to make 10, 20, or, or at least not there's no way, but it's very unlikely that you're going to go in there and make eight figures. Yeah. There is a ceiling over your head. Your position, the max person probably makes... 500k, a million dollars, maybe even two million dollars, but that's it. It well, stops right if you there. Have stock options and all that. But still, yeah, you're but making. Mike, you're, 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 you have a huge ceiling over Michael's your head. Michael's right. You want to go into a position that has no ceiling, and Michael's 100% right in this regard. And the only roles that you really find that is in revenue generating roles. Yeah, 100%. And when you look at Michael's company or you look at my company. Those roles typically involve sales. It's the generation of revenue that enables us to be like, okay, 
I cannot operate without you. Therefore, I must compensate you in direct proportion to the level of problem that you solve. And For that's sure. why most people do not need to become entrepreneurs. You need, simply need to find uncapped earning potential in another business. Yes. Now, if you are so hard-headed to a certain degree, like most of us are, where you cannot operate under someone, then yes, start your own business. But if you can play well with others to a certain degree, yes, operate within a company. It provides more security. It provides more connections. It provides more resources. It, it enables you to propel yourself further. And like we just discussed, entrepreneurship's great, but you're the last to get paid. Yeah. I have to pay marketing. I have to pay my sales guys. I have to pay operations. I have to pay everyone before I pay myself first. And I, fuck, I have to pay the government as well to, <laughs> to ensure that we don't go to fucking prison because we need to make sure that we pay everyone first before I get paid. I agree. So it sounds great in theory, but the reality of the situation is if you don't operate within the right vehicle and you're operating within a, in an industry or a business that doesn't enable you to have high gross margins and high net profit, mm -hmm. you're, you're simply rowing in the wrong boat. 100%. Exactly. And I, and I would add to that and say that a hundred percent, I agree. And I would say to put it into perspective for people thinking like, Oh, that's not true. You know, you can't find a position with infinite potential or, or people wouldn't give you that opportunity and pay you infinite amount of money. I'm telling you right Bro, now, I pay some of my guys 40 G's a month. Exactly. 40 but this, Gs this is my month. point. If somebody US. comes, if somebody approaches, US. if somebody approaches me today and says, I would tell you that I wouldn't sell any equity in my business. But if somebody comes and approaches me and says, which is not technically true, right? And this is the point that I'm trying to make. I could say whatever I want, but at the end of the day, if somebody says that I'm going to join your organization and I will contribute, I will bring you a hundred million dollars of revenue and I'll take half of that. So I want $50 million of revenue and you take the rest. I would be like, fuck yeah. Take the fucking 50. You're going to bring $100 million of revenue? 50% of your company? If you bring me $100 million of revenue. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk business after this podcast. Let's see how we can make it happen. <laughs> 100%. And that's the point that I'm trying to make is that if it like you would be a dumb entrepreneur or a dumb business owner, if somebody is going to generate you that much revenue and you're going to take home enough to have a comfortable profit at the end of the day and say, no, I don't want that guy on my team. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. And so there are some entrepreneurs that will say, no, I can't pay you that amount. I can't pay you 50 million because then everyone's going to want more money and whatever, whatever. Yeah. To me, fucking quit that job right then and there because it makes no fucking sense. 100%. The guy is making me $50 million. I'll fucking, I'll do whatever it takes to get that guy on board. It doesn't make any sense. And so if you could contribute that much revenue to a company, you think that the company is not going to do everything in their power to keep you on. Yes. And, and no. if they, if they yes don't no. keep you on, that's my point. If they don't keep you on, well then go to another company <clears throat> and generate him the hundred mil and he'll keep you on. If you could generate a company, a hundred million dollars in revenue, they're going to fucking, you're going to find a company that keeps you on and pays you handsomely for that. And so Correct. how much revenue can you generate for these companies? Usually they'll give you, it depends. Usually what they'll do in these I, big companies I disagree. So we, is they'll give you Nick, stock options. Nick, so we operate off 100% rev share. We take over the vast majority of the sales ops for a lot of our, our partners. We just had recently a big account decide to take things in-house. We took that exact same team, applied it to another company, and that company ended up 
2xing their revenue. They ended up doing like two point something million dollars in sales for that month. That company decided to keep us on board. They decided to continue to work with us. They weren't scared of compensating us far higher than that company who dropped us did. Do you think that they benefited from that arrangement or they, they suffered? They benefited. But you 2x the revenue. But just keep in mind, this is what I'm trying to say. It depends also in the industry, right? Because the industry that you're selling is generally that your clients are selling a program or their time. Where you go, for example, in another industry, it may be the research, the development, the cost of the drug, or whatever it is for that product that is so expensive that they can't compensate as much because there's so much in the negatives to develop that product. So that's yes and no. That's why we specified profit, right? And, and also industry. Yeah, and Profit also industry. industry. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And so, and I'll, I'll give you another example. Okay, I've I've brought when I started off, I used to bring, I used to work with anybody. Okay. Yep. And there was people that fucked me over, right? And so the minute they fucked me over, I stopped working with them. So, for example, they owed me X amount of money. They didn't pay. I just immediately stopped working with them. Okay. Then I found people that compensated me for what I brought in, and then. I stuck with them. And so I didn't just go and say, oh, I worked with a guy and he fucked me over. And so he's saying I could only make this much. And so that's what I make now. No, I said, no, I generate this amount of income. I want to get paid X amount percentage of this income that I'm generating profit. Okay. Then I go and find somebody that's willing to compensate me for the profit that I'm generating them. And then they've, and then I've stuck with those people. There's no way you're going to, you're going to sit here and tell me that you're generating profit after expenses, any amount of money, and somebody doesn't want to share that money with you. It doesn't make any sense to me, okay? And like you're saying like pharmaceuticals and stuff like that, okay, because they've, gener they've spent, let's say, a billion dollars on the drug, and then you're bringing in 100 mil, and so they'll drop you because you're just selling their product. Not that they'll drop okay, you, but, but they won't compensate you. It's expected. But that's sense. why the point that I'm trying to make is that if you're able to sell a hundred million dollars of a drug and like, okay, that's why we're saying industry. If it's a drug and it's just the drug sells itself, like let's say I'm selling a, a cancer cure. Okay. Yeah. And of course I, it, it would be dumb for me to think that I could go on my own with another company that doesn't have the cancer cure and sell as much as I was with the company that had the cure for cancer. Okay. But that's not what we're discussing. Like if you're in that industry, no, then no, you're, for sure. I'm you're just kind of in the wrong, you're in the kind of, you're in the wrong industry to make infinite amount of money because again, you're not the reason that the company is generating that profit. Whereas if you're in, let's say our businesses, like let's say if you're in real estate, if you're finding deals, in real estate. Let's just say if you're finding deals in real estate. If you're finding deals in real estate that are making people hundreds of millions of dollars or even millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars, you think that people wouldn't be willing to pay you a percentage of that profit if you're consistently bringing them product that makes them that return, that profit? It doesn't make any sense because without you, they cannot make that profit. It's not like, it's not like oh, you leave and they could find another guy that makes them that profit. Not yeah, they sure. could potentially find somebody that could help them make profit as well, but you're gonna go find another guy 
And it's only because of you that they're finding those specific deals that are making them that amount of money. I agree. And actually, one of the best things that I heard was actually our first podcast that we had together, all three of us. And those are the words that stuck by me when Ambrose said, you are paid solely through the problems that you solve. Yeah. I can't take credit for that line. That's uh that's a line from Elon Musk. And I'm but, not I'm not saying it's yeah. I'm, I, you're the one that really but, made yes. it resonate with me. I'm you're, just you're I paid in direct to proportion to the level of problem that you solve. So when you look at any industry or you look at any business or you look at I'm an employee or I'm a, a team member or I'm an entrepreneur, you have to look at what is a big enough problem that I could solve and how can I be compensated in direct proportion to that problem? The smaller the problem, hence flipping fucking patties at McDonald's, the lower the amount of capital that you'll be paid. Because also you're easily replaceable. Exactly. Yes. So when you look at the introduction of ChatGPT and these AI systems, and you look at a lot of these different industries that are being disrupted, whether it be graphic design or whether it be accounting or all of these different you know facets of business that are being replaced due to this advancement in technology, you have to say, am I in the wrong boat? Because the answer might be fucking yes. And that's where education comes into a factor of knowing where can I fill that, that hole? Where can I plug that, that gap in the marketplace where I could add value, where I have enough foresight and insight into the problem that I'm solving and I have enough skill set and expertise in order to actually solve it. And I think when we look at sales, in two, three generations from now, that'll be obsolete. When we look at marketing in two, three generations, that'll be obsolete. When we look at wholesaling and real estate acquisition in two, three generations, that'll be obsolete. But that is the nature of any system. Eventually, everything becomes obsolete. The question is, can you get ahead of it through your own advancement of education to understand where can I plug the gap in the marketplace in order to provide value whether it be through Michael's company, through finding deals, whether it be through my company of staffing high-level sales talent or client acquisition and or you know, product development or X, Y, and Z, or in your industry of providing marketing solutions, mm-hmm. we have to say, how can we take it a step further, make our clients worth more, provide them with better service, with, best, with better customer support, with better everything when it comes to the delivery of our service, to say, why should they keep us as opposed to these other systems that cost a lot less? Mm-hmm. The only way that that happens is through our own development of education. Development of education, but also through the development of education, you also ask yourself the right questions. I don't know if you guys have, this is just touching on this. Have, one of the books that really changed my life, to less this, stupid. The Road to Less Stupid. I knew you were going to say that. I you know, I actually God, turned down a deal with him. Bradley had had wanted to bring us on board for sales really for that guy i turned down the deal simply because it's was, one of the best books he was too old he was I, too old and, and i was and like I oh know, my god but, i don't know how this guy's gonna but, coach but anyone. you know what brother it's honestly one of the best books it's not a book that you read like a to a to z it's one of the books that you can just open a chapter and every single chapter. I kind of feel terrible for turning down that deal now. Because <laughs> I've heard it a little too much from you, you guys. Know, you no, know, and the it's reason why I say this is that as, an, as, an, as myself, as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of questions that 
I ask myself, am I doing this the right way? Am I doing this? How could I do this yeah. better? And sometimes I'm so confused and that I feel like I'm just sp spinning in circles. And spinning I'm asking, your wheels. Exactly. And the thing that this book has given me a lot of clarity is each chapter is devoted to a certain topic or uh, a certain topic of business. So let's say sales, let's say staffing, let's say, um, you know, anything, anything in your business. And it gives you a list of 10 to 15 questions at the end of each chapter that says, you should just, it, it, he gives you 15 questions that you should ask yourself and you should journal down. And questions that sometimes I find hard to generate. Sometimes I'm like, I have the answers, but I just don't know what I'm looking for. How do you derive those questions? What do you mean by that, sorry? How do you derive those questions? Is through the education of Correct. you consuming the knowledge of someone but who is further ahead. But also asking yourself the right questions, right? Yeah, but it's, how, it's, do you, how do you arrive at that, Nick? I think, so we bring it education. home to the viewers. Like you said, education. It's 100%. Everything that education you want is on the other side of education. also surrounding myself with you guys that I, you, all three of us own completely different businesses. And, you know, a team members, this, that. I'm like, oh, how did you do this? Like, how did you, like, oh, you had this problem, for example. You usually, it's usually a problem that we kind of discuss, you know, through like, oh man, I'm having a bad day, whatever, this, that. I would say, Michael, that we speak. I'm like, oh, how did you divert this? And you're like, oh, well, you know, I did this, this, this. I'm like, oh, didn't think of it that way. And I think it's the way that you think of it. And that's why that book in particular is great because sometimes, personally speaking, myself, I'm so in my way of thinking, this is the way I gotta do it, this is the way I gotta do it. And I'm just asking the same questions over and over on let's say a problem that I'm facing and maybe I'm not looking at it from another point of view and this book gives you another point of view that you can ask yourself maybe the same problem but in just a different manner that will give you a different outcome. Well, we all have biases, right? Correct. Alex Hermosi says that we question all beliefs except the ones we truly believe. That's deep. <laughs> right? And it's that in our own perspective, we all believe that we're right. We all want to believe that we're right. I value education because I know that there was a time when I wasn't right. There's been plenty of instances where I've been wrong. And I think bringing it back to what you discussed earlier, Nick, where failure is a huge proponent for education, I completely agree. But I think there's a way of experiencing learning without having to go through those failures. And I think that's through the constant pursuit of education. And I think the reason you've gotten as far as you have is because you constantly educate yourself. When I look at your constant activities, when I'm speaking to you, you're like, I'm reading this book, or I'm digesting this course, or I'm going through this information, or I'm sending X, Y, and Z podcasts, or X, Y, and Z posts. And the same thing with Michael. You know, I constantly see him educating himself as to his industry and how to advance himself. It's, it's the answer to everything that you want is on the other side of education. Correct. And also bettering yourself. It's kind of yeah, falls well, in the same spectrum. So if, if you're a young man, if you want to get educated through this podcast or you're a young woman, the only way to really fucking do that is start with the basics. 
Start with picking up the fucking book. Start with, with following the right individuals. Start with trying to educate yourself on the right tasks. Get in the fucking gym. Go do some hard stuff that you don't want to do. I mean, there's plenty of people that will advocate for this far better than I ever could, but there's, there's people that you could follow, especially with the digital age of social media, yeah. where you could follow the right influence. You could get out of the shitty fucking friend group that you're in. Luckily, we had a great friend group. We had people who were all driven, who were all in the gym from a very early age. I know that me and you, Nick, used to hit the gym at 12 years old, 13 years old. Same thing with Michael and I. We understood that we needed to do really hard things on a consistent basis to build the mind. Mm -hmm. And then as we developed and we grew, we started to know that, okay, not only do I need to build the body and do really hard things and practice all these things that are extremely difficult, but I also need to educate the mind Correct. And, and read the right literature, follow the right people, make sure that my influences are correct. And I think through doing so, now you've educated yourself to the point where you can act when you see an opportunity because you have those people of influence, those mentors, those connections that you could look to to say that's what success looks like. And everything that we do is through emulation, right? When it's learning to walk, we emulate our parents. When it's learning to communicate, we look to our friends. We look to everyone else to learn how to conduct ourselves in this environment, continue to do so when it comes to success. And I think that's, that's one of the most impactful things for me is looking to the right role models and making sure that I'm not following the fucking clowns or the people who advocate for all the success and they have the shiny car and they sh have the shiny house and so on and so forth, but have they really obtained success? Correct. And I think that's, that's the question you gotta ask. It's easy to fake it. 100%, plus also surrounding yourself with people that are kind of in the same alignment of what you wanna do. So for me, I've been blessed and I say this every single day, off podcast, on podcast, you guys know that I personally don't think I would be here today without being friends with you two plus everyone else that we don't need to mention, you know what I mean? All the boys. All the boys, they know who they are. Simply because you guys have always questioned the way of saying, hey, no, you can do this better. No, you can do this. No, we should do it like this. No, we should do it like that. And there was that level of just discipline and also just you guys wanting to educate yourself more and just being in that group has allowed us kind of to evolve, right? 100%. And that's been a huge, probably the biggest factor for me has been just surrounding myself with you guys. Um, and I've been blessed, like I said, you know, there's not too many people that also can say like, oh, you know, a lot of people, they also live in different circumstances. You know, they maybe live with parents that uh, went to jail, this, that. I've never lived that personally, but like being growing up with you guys from a young age, it's always been how could we better ourselves and how are you gonna better yourself? Because at the end of the day, I know that if I start slacking off, you guys are gonna be like, what yeah. the fuck? Well, on that point, it's also aligning yourself with a friend group that's gonna hold you accountable. Yeah, with the vision. Like, when it Correct. came to us at an early age, Nick, and I would send you fucking crazy text messages of, Ziz, of let's, let's go, to, go to, the gym, to the gym, let's, let's get after when it. When I didn't wanna go to the gym, you'd send me paragraphs but, on paragraphs on, on paragraphs. On the flip side, yep. when I got to the point of I was extremely out of shape, you guys would make it well known that I was extremely out of shape. And I could 
face the reality of this is just how I'm going to live my life and I'm going to continue to do the actions that put me in this position or I'm going to make a fucking change. I'm going to do the actions that are necessary of getting me back into prime physical shape that I'm going to be someone who takes care of their body and takes care of their mind and works on their business and provides for their family and does the absolute best that I could fucking do. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's finding that friend group that you align with that people who actually want to see you win because that's that's the big issue is there's a lot of people out there that don't want to see you win there's a lot of people out there that don't want to see you succeed and have everything that you want and luckily we found that friend group from a very early age but if you're in a friend group and you're a young listener thinking like i don't have that friend group i don't have those people around me who want success and they keep bringing me down there's nothing wrong with finding another friend group there's nothing. nothing wrong with holding your friends accountable. There's nothing wrong with wanting more in your life. And I think that's something that we've all done collectively and look at where we're all at today. Think about when we were 13 years old, running around the neighborhood, causing a ruckus. A lot of people would look to those young guys and not think in a million years that they would be where they're at today. Yeah. Right One on. of the most important things that we have always held true to and this is, this is probably pretty unique to our friend group, is we never indulge in sneakery. We yeah, never true. got with any of our friends, ex-girlfriends, or tried to fuck each other over, or tried to rat on any of each other. We always held true to that brothership. And when we look to other friend groups and see how they've dissolved over the years, they've dissolved due to the fact that they fucking sneaked all of each other. Mm -hmm. Whereas the only reason as to why we've lost friends along the way is they wouldn't hold themselves accountable to the things that we valued as a friend. Correct. That we held true to consistently. And it's the reason why every single one of us is successful. Yeah, 100%. And it's been the number one defining factor of our friend group. And it's the reason why we're an anomaly. And to a young man who's like, I want my friends to be the exact same way, eat the fucking yeah. Lead the fucking way. If you act in, in alignment and congruence with the values that you believe, you don't want to fuck over your friends. You want to be a man of honor. You want to hold true to discipline and operating in a way that you'd be proud of. Your friends are going to follow suit. And the thing is, is we all realize that from a young age and look at where we're all now. Yeah. I a lot of that friend group that we discussed earlier either they're not friends because one of them fucked each other's ex or, you know, did X, Y, and Z or didn't accomplish anything in life. And that's the vast majority of them. Whereas us, every single one of us is fucking successful. Yeah. And that, I would yeah. say, go ahead. No, and that, no, no, that holds no. true to our values and what we hold ourselves accountable to as a friend. Exactly. And I would say that to summarize what you're saying is we, we set high standards and we didn't keep communication with anybody that didn't keep those same standards right they had to have those same high standards otherwise it was a non-negotiable within our friend group 100 percent. and the only thing i would add on that was loyalty throughout the, the way if there's no loyalty there's no trust we wouldn't be here today there's no if there's no trust there's no brothership there's no brothership. i know that i could count on you guys for anything that i need in life I will never abuse that fact, but knowing that you have that support network of people that you could rely on constantly, 
gives you a lot more confidence when it comes to business, when it comes to life in general. Yeah. And I think for a young man to develop that, it starts with them. It starts with them being the example. Because at one point in time, there was an example on our friend group and we follow the suit as a result. And that could have been Michael, that could have been you, Nick, that could have been me. But we all, we all held true to the standards that we set for ourselves. And we made sure that we did everything in our power to make sure that we stuck around with the people that were important to us. And the people that we admired, the people that had the values that we wanted to hold for ourselves. And listen, I've, I've never been perfect. There's been plenty of instances where I think I could have been improved on. But I think you guys held me to a higher standard. And as a result, I've always tried to obtain that. Yeah. And I think that's what's been so powerful about our friend group. 100%. Yeah. And I would say that people that are out there that don't have that friend group, I would say that when you, like Ambrose said, when you lead by example, you'll find the friends that also share those same characteristics. And it's the same way where, for me, I've been lucky enough to have you guys and all the other boys that we've all stuck together since the beginning. But the reality is, is I've brought those same standards to the way I do business. And I've just not done business with the people that don't have those same standards. Correct. And then I'm left with the people in business that become my friends, my close friends, because they share those same standards with me. And so the people that are looking for friends that have those standards that are hustlers, look at yourself first. Are you that person? Because if you're not that damn person, then nobody that has those standards wants to be around you. Right. You know what I mean? Then it's time for you to take action and just lead the way. Exactly. That's what it is. If you're telling me you're alone and you're, you're alone and you can't find friends that share the same vision as you, I would say you're probably the problem. Yeah. I would, I would challenge the viewers. If you're a young man, you don't have that friend group. I challenge you to demonstrate the leadership qualities. The person that you want to follow, be that exact same person. Be the person that you want to follow and everyone will follow suit. Mm -hmm. exactly. And I think that is the most impactful thing that we could ever leave anyone with is be the person that you wish you had by your side. And I think as a result, everyone will follow suit. Exactly. And let's, let's, let's end it by summarizing those characteristics because we've never actually discussed these characteristics. That's how much it's been like intrinsically what we do and how we operate. Yeah. We don't even discuss it and we just operate that way. But the reality is, what are those things? Honesty, hard work, integrity. Like you guys could continue building on it. Guilty. Yeah. I think if you're a young man, be the fucking, be the, the lighthouse for everyone around you. Be honest, be loyal, be a man of integrity. Fucking honor death before dishonesty. Yeah. Be the person that you wish you had by your side. And I think that's, that's the best summary that I could possibly give. Because if you operate with, I never sleep my friends, or I never do anything in anyone's disinterest, or I just try to just be a man of honor and I try to work as hard as I possibly can, you arrive at a point where not only are you influencing those around you, but you're propelling your own future. And I think that's the most powerful thing you could ever leave anyone with. Yeah. Because it's the characteristics that you form as a young man or a young woman that carry you on to the success that we just talked about. It's, it's not the industry. It's not the fucking activities that we did. 
It's the characteristics that we had as young men that carried us to the point that we're at now. It's like you could look at those e-com or crypto or sales or marketing or real estate millionaires and or billionaires. But the real question that you should be asking yourself is what characteristics that they have originally that allowed them to educate themselves, work hard enough and surround themselves with the right people in order to obtain that success. And that is by far the most impactful thing that we could ever leave you with. And it's, yeah, to a certain extent, it's very up in the air. It's non-tactical. It's not something you could take action on right away. But the thing you could take action on right away is how can I be a better man today? How could I stop doing the things that influence me negatively? How could I make sure that I never snake anyone, that I never partake in anything that would ever put someone at a disadvantage? How could I make sure that I'm showing up in the gym, in my sports, in my activities, as I'm showing up as a father, a brother, a mother, a son, a daughter. How can I do those things to the best of my ability? So when I show up in business, it's fucking irrefutable that I am a man of character, that I am a man of integrity. And as a result, everyone will want to do business with you. Opportunities will flow to you endlessly if you could accomplish those big mind things. Agreed. 100%. Thank you for listening. God bless.